0: Guys, I just want to give a big shout out. Give Jessie a hand. She does a lot around here. She doesn't take a lot of, um, you don't hear a lot, but a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, there's there's some people that really pour their lives out into it, and she is one of them. Since before this church has started, since she lived in Missouri, um, us, um, not like with us, but in the same area kind of deal. Um, we've been praying and trying to figure out how we were going to do this. And her and Jonathan are just um, huge blessings to us. We want to give a good shout out. I couldn't be at church last week. I was incredibly sick, which was awesome. All right. Like I had the worst weekend. I actually thought about it the worst weekend in 10 years. So if you can sit down, you can think about the worst weekend you've had in 10 years. That was it. I got a little bit sick Thursday night. Friday night, I woke up and I was like, I can't go to work which I don't like because, you know, I, I, if I'm going to take a day off, I don't want it because I'm sick, you know, kind of deal. And so But I had to take a day off. I had 103 fever. Um, my wife is doing the whole pre-labor thing. She's about a week away from having our baby. So she's like, <laughs> and I can't move. You know, I have man flu. I didn't have the flu, but I had man flu. It was strep throat, and so I just can't do anything. She can't help me. Our son gets the uh, a stomach virus at the same time. So that was really cool that we're all sick with different things. She can't help, and I'm trying to do it all. And I really wanted to come to church. Um, David Murray, he drove the trailer here. Normally I do that. And when he came to the door to get the keys, like he wouldn't even touch me. He was like, just toss them to me. He was out in the yard. And I was like, I'm going to sneak into church and just sit in the back. But when I saw the fear on David Murray's face... I said, for the sake of the church, I won't come. Um, but I'm better, I feel better, I Miss work on Monday. Um, car broke down on the way home on Tuesday. Have you ever had that happen on Malfunction Junction, about five o'clock, just sitting there parked? I was just laughing. I was like, praise God. <laughs> Literally, right as the car broke down, I pulled over and David Walburn caught me. He's like, what you doing, man? I said, car just broke down. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, car just broke down. <laughs> There's not much you can mean about that, but that being said, we weren't able to be here, and the way we know that we win, and this is how, if you are a part of this church, if you're a part of the dream team, which is the people that serve and help things go, or if this is your home church, the way that you know that you win is if whatever you're in charge of, wherever you serve, if you are not there, and it is just as good or better, you win, and I feel like church was just as good or better, amen? You guys that were here, somebody told me, Dan Jones, I'm going to put him on the spot, he said that, that somebody, God actually healed his ear. He said somebody gave a prophetic word and said, hey, would you come down if you have pain in your right ear? He said for months his ears had been burning and just he couldn't do anything with it. I believe if God did it in the Bible, he could do it today. But Dan Jones is just like me. He's like, I didn't want to go up there for that. That's, I don't even like that stuff in church. But he repented and he went up there and he's like, I guess it's me, my hurts, pray for me, and he said, it stopped burning, it stopped hurting, and can we give the Lord a hand? You could have come pray for me, David, at the house. You knew I was sick, but um, you prayed from here, from a distance. There's no distance in prayer, and we wanted to stay far away from you. Is that kind of how it was? But but it was good. and I just heard it was good, and Jonathan is is a um, we, we tagged him in, and, and just so you know, um, there'll be some times over the next couple weeks where I may not be able to be here. We're about to have a baby, hope the thing all goes smooth, but if it doesn't, i got to take care of my family. Um, so hey, somebody else may speak. There's a couple guys that I think can do just as good um, or better, and so um, I rely on them. Jonathan, for those of you who don't know, we've been ministering together for about probably 18 years back from when we first started together and I started a small group at my house and we said, hey, we want to multiply because we want to be just a church who multiplies, but this is not new. I said, Jonathan, you need to do a small group. He's 14 years old. He's like, how am I going to do this? And I was like, I know an apartment complex. So at 14 years old, I would drop him off in front of an apartment complex and drive away. And he would go in there and gather up all the kids in the neighborhood and preach the word of God to them. And then they would come to our youth group later on in the week. But I was like, I I guess that's not normal, but that's just how we've done. He's like, you think I could do it? I was like, absolutely, get out of the car. i got to go somewhere. (laughs) And so he's used to being thrown in the fire. But we do want to be a church who multiplies. The last announcement, next Sunday, we will have somebody that I've known since he was in our youth group, um, in the youth group of the church that we were at in Virginia. He is now the youth pastor of that church. His name is Jacob Gaines, and he will be planting next year a church in Virginia in another city, and he's going to come and share. He's an awesome guy. He's funnier than I am, better looking, um, bring a friend. He's just a, just a cool dude. Him and his wife will be here. We've known him since they were little, and they're not little anymore, and we want to be a part of what God does the next year, so he's going to start that church, and so I want Lakeside Church to be a church that multiplies. And that's something that we do, and so we can help Jacob and do that. So I want you guys to come, bring a friend. I think you'll love it. Um, he's, just, he's just a cool people. But let's open up, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I thank you for such a good house, such good people, such a good body of Christ to be a, belong to, Father. I look forward to seeing the people in this room, God. I look forward to knowing them, and I look forward to gathering together with them in the name of Jesus, because, Jesus, you are in our midst. And, Lord, each week you do something awesome. You never leave us. You never fail us. You never forsake us. So, God, we invite you now just to come and to do what you do here. Jesus, come and speak and visit this house. In Jesus' name, amen. We're talking about dreaming, and um, it'll be the last week we talk about dreaming. And and the dream for Lakeside Church is that our city would fall in love with Jesus. Um, And I believe you love him because he first loved you. And so I want you to know that you are deeply loved. I really believe that there are people in this room that you don't know how loved you are. But he gave his son for you. And you say, well, I'm not perfect. None of us are. We're all messed up. There's people that have messed up right now. They've messed up this morning. But God doesn't, hasn't changed that. And so we want you to fall in love with Jesus. Um, We want you to find a church family. That's something that we've been praying for, that this will be a church family, people you can rely on. Me and my wife, we found a family in a city that that we didn't know among people we didn't know. I got to say, there have been so many people bringing meals, and they have been good. Praise God, good meals, cooking things and bringing things and buying things, um, because life is crazy, and if Daddy was cooking, it'd be mac and cheese and cereal, and that's what we'd be eating at our house, hot dogs. I can cook hot dogs. I might grill out a little bit, but you guys have been helping out, and it's good to have a church family, and I hope that you guys can all find that. It's not just for my wife and I, but for each other. Live in freedom and be active in your purpose. That's something that, uh, that's our dream, and so we're going to talk today about dreaming in the dark. That's kind of the, the hint of today's message, and there's a scripture out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. There's a paper here. David and Dan are coming down the side aisles. We're going to go to the book of Hebrews. We're going to read, and I think we're going to have some fun today. It says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so easily and closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It goes on later on to talk about the inheritance that Jesus has as the Son of God. And I want you to understand that um, Jesus went through a very dark time. He went through a humiliation. He went through suffering. He went through a lot of garbage for you and for me. But he embraced it because he saw it was on the other side. He saw the inheritance that his father had for him. And I was reading the book of Hebrews to my kids this week, and I hope that you guys read. If you have children, read the Bible to them, not just the kids' stories, but like the real thing. And so I'm reading the book of Hebrews with my little girls, and I let them ask questions. I let them challenge me. I let them say, well, that doesn't make sense, or what do you do? So we're going through the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and it talked about the inheritance that the son has, about this joy that was set before him. And they said, they said well, how can Jesus you know, get his inheritance if, if his father's never going to die? Good question, right? They're thinking about the Word of God. And I tried to explain, remember the story in the prodigal son. And I'm going to go a little bit deep right here, but there's a story in the prodigal son where the prodigal son took his inheritance before his father died and left and wasted it. But then there's also the other son that stayed home. And when the prodigal son, after he wasted his dad's inheritance, he comes home, and, and the first son is upset because the father forgives the prodigal. The father restores the prodigal. He gives him a new cloak and a new ring. And so you have this story and you have the other son who stayed home and he's upset with him and, and the father looks at him and says, son, everything I've ever had is yours. You could use it whenever you want. So Jesus doesn't have to wait till his father dies to partake of his inheritance because it's already his. But I want you to see something, because in the Scripture, as we talked about inheritance and this inheritance that you have, there's some truth, and this is going to be very hard to get, and I'm going to try not to mess it up. But the Scripture says that we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. There's not male or female, slave nor free, Greek or barbarian. We are all sons of God. That means regardless of whether you are right now, male or woman, female, you're a son of God you partake in that inheritance. That's weird. Ladies, stay with me, because it also calls us the bride of Christ. So if I can be the bride of Christ, you can be a son of God. And because that has a lot to do with inheritance, and I want you to understand this, because in that culture, sons got the inheritance. Don't just get mad at it, but sons got the inheritance. You are a son of God, with an inheritance to your father that you can have access to at any time you want. But the flip side, you are the bride of Christ. When the bride left her home, she gets access to whatever the son has access to, whatever her husband has access to. For instance, I could walk into my dad's house. My dad has a ton of junk in his house. He just has lots of stuff. And I can go anywhere in my dad's house because I... I'm not Ralph Martinez, but I'm Christopher Ralph Martinez, and I can walk in there, I can eat out of his fridge, I can go into his closet, I literally can do anything I want to do in my dad's house within reason. There's a lot of stuff I don't want to do, but whatever I do want to do, I could do. Being my bride, my wife now has access to that same house. Before we were married, she could not just walk in there, but we've been married for a long time, almost 18 years. She could walk in there with the same right as me. She walks in there and goes to the fridge with the same rights that I go to the fridge. She uses the bathroom. She doesn't ask permission to use the bathroom. She look, needs something out of the closet. She goes and gets it out of the closet, wears a towel. She goes, finds a towel. Anything that now I have access to, she has access to because of her relationship with me. And what God is saying is you have an inheritance. You are a son of God, and as a son of God, you have an inheritance, but you're the bride of Christ. And as the bride of Christ, you have access to his inheritance. You are a blessed people. But how did Jesus get there? Before he went up, he went way down. And we're going to talk about that because sometimes we have to go down before we go up. The first thing I want you to point out there is is God has something incredible for you. You have an inheritance, underline, incredible, circle you, because it is just for you. God will do great things for you. Some of you are thinking, well, God could do great things for other people. Like God can heal Dan's ear because God likes Dan. God may not like me. Well, let me tell you something. Dan didn't even want his ear healed. Dan was upset about going up and getting prayer. I've been there. I don't like to go up for prayer. That's a little bit embarrassing, a little bit annoying for me. You may like to go up for prayer, but, but I've been there where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this in the flesh. But when I've taken the step to go up and receive prayer, God answers it. So I can talk about Chris in the flesh, but even coming up for prayer can be a pretty humiliating, embarrassing thing. In fact, I was at a church once somebody said, hey, there's um, if anybody has pain, raise your hand. So I didn't want to lie. I didn't even want to be there. But I was like, okay, back and down. And they're like, great. Well, if you raised your hand, would you just stand up? And for some reason, I just couldn't lie. So I was like, okay, I'll stand up. And a guest speaker was there doing this. And he says, all right, well, if you stood up, just come down here. We'd like to pray for whatever's wrong and see if by chance God would heal you. I did not want to go up there, but I found myself going up there. And I was like, fine, I'll let this guy pray. And then I just go back to my seat and go home because I don't really even want to be there anyway. And when I go up to the front, the guest speaker doesn't even pray for me. My friend who invited me prayed for me. And I'm like, I could have had this guy pray for me anywhere. I don't want him to pray for me in the front of the church. It's embarrassing. It's silly. And he closes his eyes, and he begins to pray for me. My shoulder was hurting. I heard it playing lacrosse. I like lacrosse because it's a sport with a stick. You got to hit people. But it messed up my shoulder playing that. And so he prays for me, and he prays for my shoulder. And he says, he looks at me. He prays for way longer than I thought was appropriate. But then he looks at me, and he says, do you feel better? No. (laughs) Can I sit down? And he goes, Well, well, let me pray again. So, in the front of the church, he started praying again. Do you feel better after he stops the second time? Really wanting to lie, (laughs) really knowing Christ, but I was like, No, waiting for the okay, well, better luck next time. Go sit down and I'll pray for you tonight or something like that. That's what I was hoping would happen. He closes his eyes, and for a third time, he starts to pray. I'm livid. I didn't want to be at church. I didn't want to be up in the front. I didn't want to be receiving prayer. And I didn't want to be prayed for three times. All right? If it's not going to work the first two, what do you think is going to happen the second time? And he prays. And I'm angry and upset and just sitting there and embarrassed and like, this is not working. And I love God. But this is, you know, hey, this is just Chris. My friend's name was Chris as well. And finally, I get past. He's praying. And I was like, man, this guy really wants me to get healed. Like, he wasn't being showy. He wasn't there to, like, draw a crowd. There was a bunch of people getting prayed. Like, he was praying with a heart of compassion for me. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, this is neat that this guy would care enough about me. And then something hit my heart and said, if he loves you that much, how much more do I love you? I'm telling you, my shoulder popped. It stopped hurting. I was better. But it wasn't because I was holy. There was very little holiness inside of Chris for the majority of that prayer session. Very little. It was because he is good. And it's because he loves us and he loves you. And you may say, well, I I don't deserve it or God won't do anything. Well, he will. God has something incredible for you. The next thing I want you to see is God judges us by our faith and not our failure. All right, Circle faith and cross out failure because God doesn't charge you, judge you by that. In fact, Rome, Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It's talking about people in Hebrews 11. When you go through that list of Hebrews 11, there are some messed up, fearful, scary, murderous people in Hebrews chapter 11. People that made huge mistakes like Moses. Moses comes and the very first thing he does, he's born in Pharaoh's household, he was trained in the ways of Pharaoh, he saw his people in slavery, he realized that he could be the one possibly that God would choose to set them free, and he walks out there and he kills a guy and buries him in the sand. Jephath, if you read, if you read about that guy Jepheth, you read about him, he kills his daughter he, this is the Bible story I hate the most, okay? You're, I hate this Bible story. Go back and read about him. He makes a vow to God. God, if you give me victory, I'll kill whatever comes out of my house, thinking it might be a sheep or a goat or, you know, somebody he didn't like. He walks home, and he sees his daughter, the very first person, and he winds up killing his daughter. A Horrible story! Oh, Faith? stupid in my opinion but God judged him by his faith and not his failure so when you look at your life and all the horrible junk you've done I don't think you've gone and killed your daughter I don't think you've killed the man and buried him in the sand I don't think you were too afraid to go to war like Barack that you just you wouldn't do it unless somebody else went with you you were too fearful God judges you by your faith. It doesn't make sense. It's scandalous. It's upsetting that that really it's our faith, yes, because our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God will move on your behalf because of your faith. Does holiness matter? Yeah, it's important. But it's amazing what God will do because of faith and because of trust in him. The next thing is never let fear or failure stop you from taking a step of faith. When you have a dream, you're not going to get to that dream until you take a step. And probably, if you're dreaming something big, we've talked about dreaming big dreams, if you're dreaming about planting a church in another state when you're stuck in southeast Missouri, it's not going to happen until you take some steps in that direction. I would still be sitting in my couch dreaming about starting a church if I didn't take some steps. If I didn't put out some job applications, I'm not saying it was Chris. I'm saying I had to do my part. If I didn't sell my house, if I didn't look for a new place to live, if I didn't constantly beat the ground and try to say, God, who do you want me to meet today? Who do you have for me? Who can I get to know? It takes a step of faith. And some of it's scary. Some of it's, I mean, but look what God did in some of the hardest times in our life. He's provided a family for us. You don't let the fear or failure. I've made mistakes along the way. In fact, if you're not making mistakes, one thing I appreciate about my dad is he, he taught me this. If you're not making mistakes, you're not really trying hard enough. You know, and when I played baseball, I wasn't good, but I was hitting a home run or I was striking out. Most of the time I was striking out, but I was swinging every time, and I just don't get upset if I fail. Some of you guys have tried some things, and you've tried, you've attempted things for God. Maybe in church you've tried to serve, or maybe you've you've tried to do something and it didn't work out the first time, and you've given up. God doesn't judge you by your failure. Sometimes the hardest part is picking yourself up and trying again, when I think about my friend Chris praying for me, like the dude prayed for me three times. And he wasn't getting any Holy Spirit vibes from me during the prayer time. He was, I, was, I was not playing along. But he stuck with it. And he kept praying. And I just think that's amazing. Don't let the fear and don't let failure stop you from taking your next step. There's a scripture in Galatians chapter 5. It says we place our faith in Christ Jesus because Christ hasn't failed. He hasn't failed and he will not fail. fail. There is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. But what is important is faith expressing itself in love. Faith allows us to take the next step and love is the way we walk. In our lives, I know that we've taken steps by faith, and then when you get to the new place where God brings you, you remain loving. Some people are very hard to love. they Extra grace required, E-G-R. You can label them. Don't look at anybody, all right? Don't look at your spouse, but they're just E-G-R. Extra grace required. You know it's not going to be easy. But you make a decision, I'm going to take a step by faith, and I'm going to walk in love. And God moves mountains. Faith moves mountains, but what do you do when the mountain is moved? You sit there and you love what you found. Because sometimes you find something awesome, and sometimes you don't. But as you love that person, or you love people, God does something that's great. The next scripture is John chapter 19, verses 14 through 18. This is Jesus, and I want you to see this is how Jesus took his step of faith and how Jesus remained loving as he walked. It says it was the day of preparation of Passover. It was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. Picture the real king of kings, humiliated, naked, purple robe on him, crown of thorns, whipped back, spit on his face, beard pulled out, shown to the crowd. It's one thing to fail in private, but it's another thing to be to, to look like you failed in public. He looked like a failure. He looked like he was not establishing his kingdom. He looked like his mission was coming to an end, and he was out there in front of everybody. It's, it's, you're not really taking a step of faith until you do it in public sometimes. That's why sometimes it's good to come up to the front and receive Christ in front of people. Sometimes it's good to get baptized in front of other people. That's why sometimes it's good to receive prayer when, when, they, when they give a message and they say, hey, if you're struggling with something, we'd love to pray for you, and you know that that's you, but you refuse to go, you're, you're hiding. But sometimes when you come out in front of everybody, that's when God moves. So here he's getting embarrassed. It's how I like, crucify your king. The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar, rejected by his own people. So he delivered him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And they crucified him with two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. You have a cross to bear. Jesus said it. If you want to believe Jesus' words, you have a cross to bear. He said, pick up your cross and walk up the hill. Scary. It's hard. But if you don't pick up that cross, you're not going to experience the glory. Because the way to glory, the next little thing, goes right through suffering. Nothing good, I don't think, can really come without suffering. You know, we want to be a multiplying church. We're inviting Jacob in to grow. Well, about the biggest thing that's multiplied is in my waistline. It's just been multiplying. All right, I've put on weight. I've grown, all right? I'm I'm about 30 pounds heavier than I was when I moved here because I just couldn't run because I was meeting with people or being a dad or being a husband or getting sick or dealing with garbage. But I've started running again. And I know that when I run, it hurts. When you exercise, it hurts. What does exercise do? It breaks down the muscle so that it can be rebuilt. When I run, I, re- I ran running yesterday a couple miles. I, I picked up my legs and like, I'm like, ow, that hurts. But I'm not going to get stronger if I don't purposely hurt myself. I'm not like self-harming, but like there's a self-harming in exercise. There's a self-harming in discipline. There's a suffering that happens that changes you. And you will not change unless you go through a little bit of suffering. When you have an issue in your marriage, the only way to glory is a lot of times through suffering. Because there's going to be a conversation you need to have that is not going to feel good. I was talking to somebody today who had an issue with his boss. And he said, yeah, I had an issue with my boss, and we didn't talk for two weeks, but then I felt like I needed to go and I needed to talk to that person and and let him know that I was sorry. And he said, I hate saying I'm sorry. Me too. I want them to say I'm sorry. But pick up your cross, be an adult. Yeah, I was wrong. It hurts, it's embarrassing, you feel naked, you feel ashamed, you get out there in a place you don't want to be. But the way through glory goes right through suffering. Look in verse thirty-four of eight it says, And calling to the crowd calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, for whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. That's a heck of an altar call. Come and die. You want to follow me? I'm going to the cross. Come on. It's going to be awesome. You don't sign up for that trek. It's not something you're like, well, that sounds great. That would really help my life. Jesus doesn't want to help your life. And hear me. He doesn't want to help your life. He wants your life to end so that his life can begin. He wants the way you want to live to change because it probably hasn't worked out too well in the first place. He wants you to be changed and made into the image of his son. He wants you to be transformed. There's a way to glory, but it always goes through suffering. So here's the point. You're going to get hurt. In life, you are going to get hurt. The car is going to break down on Malfunction Junction one day. All right, that happened Wednesday. It was great. Just loved it. It was awesome. Just texted people, played video games on my phone, sat there for a few hours, and just waited for the tow truck. Just glorious. That's, stuff like that's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. Your body, your physical health, you can either hurt your body by exercising and being in shape and not eating and kind of feeling uncomfortable, or you can get diabetes and heart disease and all kinds of plaque, but one way or the other, it's going to hurt. Think about that. One way is a little bit funner in the beginning, and one way is a little bit better at the end, but you're going to get hurt. Your marriage is going to hurt. You're either going to go into conversations and put yourself in a spot where you get things right and you talk things out and you change and you allow God to mold you or you separate and you get divorced and you lose one of the most important things in your life. It's going to be hurt. You can choose to get hurt on your own terms or you will be hurt on somebody else's. Jesus was going to get hurt when he came to earth. He knew what was going to happen. He chose to go to the cross. Pilate, when they're questioning him, he says, you would have no authority over me if somebody else didn't give it to you. He didn't get drug away to the, he, he didn't get drug away to the cross. He walked to the cross. When the people came to, to arrest him, I love it. If you go and you read the stories of the crucifixion, they say, where is he? And he says, I am he. And they fall down. Because he's powerful. Hey, get up. You got a job to do. Are you willing to have that attitude where you're willing to lay it all down? To lay your life down? Like, I believe God has a dream for you. I believe he has something incredible. But it's going to take some dying to yourself. Dying is good. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Paul says right here, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus. I die every day. If you're not dying daily, you're not being raised daily. If you're not dying daily, that's the way to victory. That's, you have a dream, you want to see something good? It's going to take something different than you did today. The best thing, and I I say this, I learned this from my spiritual father, but I learned this from my earthly father, is tomorrow is another day. Yes, you made a mistake. Yes, it didn't work out. Yes, you're scared. But start over. And that's what I learned from my earthly dad. And I think you take that into the gospel, and yes, it looks scary, and all hell's breaking loose, and things are going wrong, and your kid is vomiting everywhere, and then the plunger breaks. And you have a fever, and you're looking at a toilet that's clogged, and a plunger's broken off in there, and you're like, yep, let me pick up my cross, walk myself upstairs, and grab the next plunger, (laughs) and keep working at this, because there's really no other good option. It's going to be bad either way. Either I leave the toilet that way, and that could get bad, or I walk upstairs feeling like garbage. Will you approach everything in your life that way? Yeah, it's going to be bad, but there's a glory on the other side. When you're doing things right and when you choose to love, there's a glory on the other side. When you step out in faith, even though you're scared, God stands and God will stand with you. In fact, and I'm closing right here, in the book of Ephesians, it says, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. The only thing you have to do is grab onto what God has given you and then stand. Not cower. We want to cower. I had a fever. I wanted to go under the covers and just hide myself and just hide away from the world and don't talk to anybody and don't bother me. But you have to stand. God fights the battle, but you got to put yourself in the position where. You know, you could get hurt. You know, things could go wrong. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. And then your faith in God will protect you from the fiery darts. It talks about the shield of faith. The salvation of God will protect your mind and you will be safe. The word of God will be like truth and will keep you together and gird your loins so that you are okay. And the preparation of the gospel of peace are like sandals. And those sandals back then, they had cleats in them and they will allow you to dig into Jesus. And when you hold on to the gospel of Jesus Christ that he died for me when I did not deserve it. And he loved me when I did not deserve it. And now I'm his kid. He has not forsaken me. I'm his child. I am his son. I am the bride of Christ. He will defend me. I will stand. I will not shrink back. That's the only way you're going to see your dream come to pass. And I wish there was an easy, I wish there was a prayer we could pray. I wish it could be like, hey, you want to see your prayer come to pass Close your eyes and raise your hand, and if you pray this prayer, everything is gonna magically pop up and roses and rainbows will appear in your house. But that's not always the way it is. Sometimes you move forward step by step. You take a job you don't want because you know that another job will open up. You say sorry when you didn't want to because you know that you need that relationship healed. You get up and you serve when you don't feel like it because you know that God has called you to serve and your feelings are not king. Jesus is king. And you try to be loving all along the way. And before you know it, you say, Man, God is glo- good. God is glorious. God is awesome. Not that prayer doesn't work, it does. But, like, that's a starting point. What happens tomorrow? I do would like you guys just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second, because I think this is a good time to put some reflection into this. Some of you, God has called for amazing things. God has incredible things for each of you. But you may have tried and failed. You may have taken a step forwards in life, and you failed. And it is very hard to get up the second time. And if you failed more than once, that's okay, because that means you're trying but it's really hard to get up the third and the fourth time. But God does not want you to give up. If failure, if you failed, maybe you failed in your marriage and, and it's just tearing you up, or, or maybe your health, you failed with your health. You know there's some things you should differently, and you haven't been healthy, and, it, and it's really affecting your whole life because we're whole beings. Or maybe you failed in your service to God, and you feel... Guilty and condemned. Would you just put your hand up if you say, you know what, I, my, I feel held back by my failure? Would you just put your hand up right there and say, I do feel that way? There's grace. There's grace for you. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. God is your Father. He wants to see you succeed. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're just afraid. It's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to be paralyzed you still have to stand, you still have to walk forward. If you're just afraid, maybe there's a conversation you need to have and you're too afraid to have it. Maybe there's something you need to get rid of and you're just afraid to give up smoking, you're afraid to try that again, because you failed and you feel like if you try again, you just fail. Maybe there's a habit and you're just afraid to try again. If that's you, if you've got some fear holding you back, would you put your hand up? Scripture says perfect love drives out all fear. You are loved. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. We are loved. You guys, just stand with me right now. Majority of the people in this building are in the same boat. But God loves you. We're gonna sing a few verses of this song. It talks about no longer strangers and and you are God's child. And I, I would encourage you, this is how we're gonna end. If you raise your hand for any of those things, we have prayer teams available. They can come down here and we'd love to pray for you. Or maybe you just like to sit there and And be in God's presence and listen to this song. But that's how we're ending today's service. So if you need prayer, be an adult and come up and get it. If you want to sit and worship, feel free to sit and worship. But let God bring some freedom in your life. If you're scared or you're fear of failure, you don't need to leave here that way.